is up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Brackliff, and it is Tuesday, October 12th. Waivers. A very pivotal waivers here. A lot of injuries went down this week. So we're going to dive right in. Of course, I'll give you the waiver wire rankings. I will also give you some fab recommendations. Remember, those are based on your original budget, not on what you have left. So sometimes you may not have enough. This is a week to spend a little bit, though. Because there are some guys out there. I'll also give you the hold list, the cut list, defenses to keep this week if you already have them, and then some defenses to stream. This is a good week for defense, I'll tell you that. All right, let's start at the top. We have a wide receiver topping the list this week. His name is Kadarius Tony. Tony going out, and yes, he was ejected from the game. You didn't get any fantasy points for that, but you did get fantasy points for the big performance that he had 13 targets this week. He had nine last week. This is a proverbial genie out of the bottle situation where the Giants aren't going to be able to put that genie back in. They're going to continue to use him even after Sterling Shepard is back in the mix and Darius Slayton is back in the mix. This kid is dynamic. There is a reason why they drafted him in the first round. A special player, and I tell you what, I would go 30 to 35% on him if he's out there. Uh, especially with Kenny Galladay getting banged up and Kenny Galladay not playing this week at least. Uh, we're in a good spot here with Kadarius Tony, So I'm going 30 to 35%. Elijah Mitchell at number two on my list. He's fairly widely available. He's out there in about half of leagues, and the 49ers made it abundantly clear he's their guy. Trey Sermon is not their guy. I'll talk about Trey Sermon in a little bit. 20 to 25% on him. Of course, he will be on bye this week, but sometimes I actually think that's a nice little opportunity because you know one of the things that people do when bye weeks roll around and they make their waiver ads? They sort by projected points. So guys on bye sometimes will slip through the cracks, maybe even get him cheaper than 20 to 25%. I'm also going 20 to 25% on Michael Carter. I've talked about him. Feel It feels like ad nauseum this year, but the guy is their lead back. And is the offense... Firing on all cylinders, no. But he got in the end zone again, 10 for 38 and a score on the ground. He is the primary pass catcher. He's ahead of Ty Johnson. Tevin Coleman is really a distant memory at this point. So it's Carter and Johnson, and Carter's a superior player. If he's out there, I'm grabbing him. So you'll notice those two are ahead of the two primary beneficiaries, the cuffs, if you will, of injuries. Daryl Williams and Devontae Booker. They're four and five in my rankings. I'd go upwards of 20%, so probably about 15 to 20%. I'm not overspending on these guys because neither one of them is in a position where it's a season-ending injury. And maybe, just maybe, neither one of them is in a position even where uh, Damian Williams was last week. Daryl Williams is the priority of the two. But, you know, hey, two to four weeks on Clyde Edwards-Alaire about... May, I'm guessing two weeks on Saquon Barkley based on everything that we've heard. It, it, they're Band-Aids. I don't think, you know, considering guys to be picked up for the rest of the season is the way we should be thinking about it, especially at running back right now. I know you want that, but we really need to be thinking in smaller chunks. And, you know, so the next couple weeks, you get those guys, guess what? In a couple weeks, there's probably going to be other running backs available to you on waivers. Uh, Miles Gaskin, reluctantly 12 to 15%. That was not a repeatable performance. It was a weird game. But then again, now maybe week four was an extremely weird game. Gaskin will be somewhere in the middle. I don't want him 
I don't want the headache. I haven't wanted him all year long, but I am also going to acknowledge the fact that running back is thin right now, and you might need running back help, and maybe it got dropped, and you don't have the opportunity to get some of these other guys. But I'm not going to overspend, and I think people are going to overspend on him. So it's a more conservative bid. McCall Hardman at uh, 12%. He is on the rise, yes, even with Josh Gordon in the mix there. He's on the rise, and it really comes down to the volume for that passing game. I mean, he was heavily used. This is a surprise. This It has to be his highest target game. 12 targets. He caught nine for 76. The fantasy numbers aren't special, but the volume is. And with that defense as bad as they are, they're going to continue to throw the ball a lot this year. So I'm in on it, and I'm going to pick up McCall Hardman if he's out there. Uh, Rondell Moore, remember him? Remember how people dropped him, and I said we're just going to end up picking him up again? Well, we're going to end up picking him up again, 10 to 12% on Rondell Moore. Was a, was used in the run game. He's going to continue to be an asset really across the board. They want to get the football in his hands. And no, he's not going to play a ton of snaps. He you know played 29 snaps this week. In 29 snaps, though, he, he touched the ball eight times. Touched the ball more than Christian Kirk, way more than A.J. Green, who had just one touch. Touched the ball more than DeAndre Hopkins. So we're getting him back on our benches. Khalil Herbert, 10%. Have gotten a lot of questions about him because it was much more of a committee in that backfield than we expected. He had 18 carries. 16 for Damian Williams. Of course, Williams had two catches, no targets for Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert ran hard. He didn't put up big fantasy numbers, but he certainly is going to be in the mix as long as David Johnson is out, and that is still likely another month. Three to four weeks, but I think it's the four weeks, which means then the bye week as well. Alex Collins, 7%. We don't know if slash when Chris Carson is going to be back, but I am not overly bullish on Alex Collins. Hunter Henry, number 12 on the list for me, going 7% on Hunter Henry. This has been building this momentum for Hunter Henry, and it really kind of came to a climax here this week. Uh, Hunter Henry putting up six for 75 in a score. Is he a set and forget? No. But is he a, you're telling me there's a chance? Oh, yeah, there is. Definitely with Hunter Henry. Hunter Renfro at 7% as well. He's... um. He's surprising me this year. I've consistently said he's a good football player, but he's putting up very good numbers as well. All right, that's your top 12. Let's take a quick break, and then after that, we'll roll on with waivers for week six. All right, at number 13 on the list for me, Tim Patrick. I'm not overly bullish on Tim Patrick. This dude's really big, though. I don't know if you've watched him play. He's a, he's a monster human being. Him and Cortland Sutton on the outside. Had nine targets, caught seven for 89. Sutton's the clear number one. My thing, though, for this team is, you know, they're using Kendall Hinton, which I love Kendall Hinton, but not for fantasy purposes, just because I love what he did last year. Once Jerry Judy comes back, some of the targets go away from Patrick, so I'm not going to go too crazy here. 6% on him. Marquez Callaway, 5%. For some reason, nobody wants him, and I've just been scooping him up everywhere that I didn't draft him, basically for free. 5% isn't much, but we've seen the upside over the last couple weeks. Two weeks ago, caught a long ball from Jameis, then he caught, obviously, a long touchdown, another touchdown as well this week. Good position for him, and we have no idea when uh, we'll see see Michael Thomas back on the field. Michael Gallup, 
5%. Hopefully see him on the field soon. If he's still out there, you scoop him up. You know, the expectations aren't as high because that run game is doing so well, so there's a bit of negative correlation with the passing game. But still, you know, you could do worse. Trevor Lawrence, 5%. If I'm taking a shot on an upside quarterback in a pretty good matchup, I'm taking a shot on Trevor Lawrence. I really... I want to load up for the stretch run. I want to try and find that next guy, and I don't know if it's Trevor Lawrence this year, but he certainly is going to throw the ball a lot, and I don't really hate this this play. Uh, So 5%, put him on a bench. Not if I have an upside quarterback, not if I have a top 11 quarterback, but if I have Kirk Cousins, if I have Derek Carr, I've been rolling with that type of quarterback. I need upside Trevor Lawrence has that upside. Ramondre Stevenson, 3%. Looks like Damian Harris is going to be good. He's being called week to week, but it's just a friendly reminder. Running backs do not grow on trees, and we should be cuffing when we have the opportunity. Both Trey Lance and Justin Fields at 3%. I'm going to continue to scoop these guys as people uh, become soured on them. I don't think Trey Lance's performance was terrible. It was not good. I'm not going to go that far, but folks who are saying it's terrible, I don't necessarily agree and on top of that I he ran the ball a ton that's a that's a huge floor right there that you're getting with Trey Lance still a top 20 week even with as disastrous as people are painting it and I still don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has been that good this year and same thing with Justin Fields uh the knee issue is not an issue so we're going to continue to uh stockpile him and hopefully they'll take the training wheels off Jarek McKinnon uh remember him 3%. He's number 20 on my list here. I do think it's going to be more Daryl Williams than Jarek McKinnon, but there is going to be value to Jarek McKinnon. Ricky Seals-Jones, 3%. How about that? Gets in there and used relatively heavily here with no Logan Thomas. So you could do worse at tight end right now. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 3%. Jarvis doesn't look like he's coming back this week, and Peoples-Jones actually running as the number two wide receiver for the uh, Browns this week, ahead of Hollywood Higgins on the outside there. Uh, Dan Arnold, (laughs) Jacksonville, 3%. Hey, he's seeing targets. You could do worse at tight end. Again, it's just we're going to continue to churn until we find one, until we land the next Dawson Knox, right? Baker Mayfield has been widely dropped, 3%. I like his performance this past week. And there's still value to be had. I would not bank on Baker being the guy for me going forward, but he's a guy who can at least tide you over while you try and find that upside guy. Uh, Jameis Winston, 3%. Don't read too much into the touchdown production. They are not throwing the football a lot. And it was a matchup he should have performed well in, but there's still some value to having him on benches. Sony Michelle, 3%. Just a friendly reminder, you're going to get nothing out of Sony Michelle as long as Daryl Henderson is healthy. But Daryl Henderson gets hurt. So, good stash right there with Sony Michelle. Amon Ross St. Brown, 3%. Quintez Cephas looks like he'll be out for the season. Somebody has to catch the football for the Lions. Tua Tungavailoa, go 2%. Could be back this week. Could be an upside guy. It's got to be a little bit of a deeper league, though, for me to go after him. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2%, will not be back this week, but could be back next week. And after how Taylor Heineke performed last week, might be a good idea to get ahead of the curve, scoop him up in deeper one-quarterback leagues and two-quarterback leagues where he has been dropped. Chris Connolly, 1%, not buying in. By the way, Chris Moore's not on my list. Not buying in on the production from... Uh, Last week as sustainable, but in deeper leagues where there's upside, you have to go after it. Rashad Bateman, 1%. 
I don't think he's going to be much of anything for that team, but they are throwing the ball a little bit more. And obviously after last night, the offensive performance very encouraging there for Baltimore and uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Geno Smith, 1% in two quarterback league Superflex leagues. He has to be rostered. He's not worth a roster spot in uh, one quarterback leagues, but he is going to be the quarterback for a good bit here. Unfortunately, that's going to hurt across the board there for the Seattle pass catchers. Davis Mills, 1% if he's out there in two quarterback leagues. He can be scooped up. And then Mike Glennon, if he gets to start this week, will have some value in those leagues. Every starter has value in two quarterback super flex. All right, let's hold. Let's cut. Here we go. Who am I holding? Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I think that's obvious if I'm picking them up. Odell Beckham Jr., please don't go that far. I actually think he's a great buy low. Allen Robinson, still holding on to him. The value in Allen Robinson isn't in the present. It's in the potential in the future. And I know that's not what people want to want to hear because we are only playing for this week. A lot of folks, it is weird. People are so focused on this week and then they, they obsess over rest of season rankings as well. Um, hang tight on Allen Robinson. When they take the training wheels off of Justin Fields, that's where there's value. And LaVisca Chenault, I'm not worried about last week. It was a weird game. It was a weird week for that team. Uh, so not worried about it. Here's who I'm cutting. I am going to cut Russell Wilson in one quarterback leagues. I cannot believe I'm saying that. But obviously, I know you're going to say, what if I have an IR spot? I'm not talking to that crowd. I don't think there should be IR spots in redraft leagues, but that's another discussion for another day. I'm cutting him in one quarterback leagues without an IR spot because I don't want to carry a quarterback on my bench. And he's going to be out for a, a while. So you have that. Trey Sermon, uh, yeah, I mentioned earlier that he's way behind Elijah Mitchell. Robbie Anderson, all right, whatever. After last week, yeah, he, he gone. Juju Smith-Schuster is out for the rest of the season, so he's a cut. Uh, Jared Cook is one of these tight ends who we don't really need on our roster. Max Williams looks like he could be out for the rest of the season, so he's a cut. Robert Tunyon is a cut because, we, hey, tight ends, if it isn't working, you have to move on. You have to try and find something that's going to give you a little bit more consistency at the position. Neither Cook or uh, Tunyon are doing so. Also, you could throw Quintez Cephas in there. All right, so here are the defenses. If I have, I am holding. These are the priority because they are better defenses. So if they are available, yes, you pick them up ahead of the streamers. Streamer defenses are typically bad defenses who are in good matchups. The holds are good defenses who are also in good matchups, but there is no defense we hold for the rest of the season. The Rams, they are very likely facing Mike Glennon. Even if they aren't, I still like him against Daniel Jones. Buffalo, they're facing Tennessee. You don't love it against Derrick Henry, but I think this is good enough that you're going to hold them through this matchup. Pittsburgh is facing Seattle. Geno Smith, you don't need an abacus to do that math. Denver is facing the Raiders. I don't even know what to expect out of the Raiders going forward here. Is this is this something that galvanizes the team? Because, yes, I have not addressed the John Gruden thing. I'm not going to say anything more. We know how bad that was, and... It was the right move. There you go. That's all I'm saying. But when I don't. I have no clue what this does to the team. But I do know that Denver is a very good defense, and I'm going to play them in that one. Tampa on Thursday night facing Philadelphia. Philly can't run the football, and they're facing the best run defense out there. And, uh, man, 
It's going to put them in an interesting position, so I'm going after them with Tampa. So if those are on, those teams are on my rosters, I'm good. I don't even need to think about it. And no, I don't prefer one over the other. I don't think that's the, the best way to view defenses because you're going to think yourself into a corner. The fewer decisions you have to make for fantasy purposes, the better off you are. If you have the Rams, the Bills, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Bucks, you don't need to do anything else. If you don't, you likely have to drop who you have, including teams like Arizona. They're gone. So who are we going after this week? Dallas. They're facing the Patriots. I do want to go up against Mac Jones as much as I can. Indianapolis. They're facing Houston. I don't care what Davis Mills did last week. I'm going to keep going up against uh, against Davis Mills and that Houston Texans offense. Green Bay facing Chicago. Justin Fields. I'm going to continue to pick on him. And then Cincinnati versus Detroit. Detroit remains a good matchup there for fantasy purposes. I guess if you're really desperate, you could go on either side of the Jacksonville-Miami game. I would lean more Miami, but I don't even I don't love that one. I'd rather these four. I, I really don't want to take Jacksonville if I can get away with it. But I, I'd rather one of these four over those teams right there. So there you go. Waivers week six. Man, week six already. All right, tomorrow I'll be back with rankings for you here for week six fantasy football. In the meantime, head on over to FTNFantasy.com. Go check it out. Promo code RATPAC and at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.